The message today is about eyes. This is the third in a series of three sermons on body and soul. And you say, Pastor Lynn, we missed those first two. How can we get a hold of that great stuff you preached those other two Sundays? <laughs> Let me tell you how you can do that. At our website, for years now, we've had podcasts, so just an audio version. But you may not know this. For the last several weeks, this service has been live streamed. And it's archived at our website. So we've added a visual component to the audio component. How great is that? Huh? Yeah. So. so you can go back and check all three of these sermons and many others if you want to. I'm doing this body and soul series because we tend to focus on the soul in the church. And I just came from the fellowship class and they've had a long series on the soul and we lift up the soul as holy, and we kind of poo-poo on the body. And so I'm going to say the body has the potential to be just as holy as the soul. I want to claim that we are embodied souls. And so in the ancient creed, it doesn't say, I believe in the resurrection of the soul. It says, I believe in the resurrection of the body. And here in Ephesians, this letter it doesn't say about the church, this new community that's being created, that we are the soul of Christ, but we are the body of Christ. We continue to live out His presence in our bodies. We'll do a little context in here about Ephesians in this letter. Uh, the best scholarship indicates that it was probably not written by Paul, but by the school of Paul. I hope that doesn't offend you, but some of his closest followers would continue his teaching and continue his ministry with a letter here. And so you're wondering where Ephesus is. It's in Turkey there, modern day Turkey there on the coast. And it was a circular letter. It wasn't written just to that one community, but probably several churches. And it would have passed around so that they could benefit from this wisdom. And it's still being passed on and, and to us today. And we read it for its wisdom. So let's take a look at modern day uh, Ephesus here on the coast. And what some ruins are uh, that were from about 2,000 years ago. And you're saying, Pastor Lynn, I'd really like to go there and see that for myself. Well, have I got a deal for you? We interrupt, <laughs> we interrupt this sermon <laughs> to give you this important message. Pastor Lisa up here is going to lead a trip to Turkey and the journeys of Paul a year from now, November 2016. And you want to find out more about that. She's having lunch for y'all next Sunday, right after worship service here at 1230. What a deal. Just talk to Pastor Lisa. That's the end of this message. We now continue with our sermon. It's already in progress. Oh, the check's in the... Oh, you're going to pay me. Okay. So this letter to the Ephesians... This portion that we read is uh, one long prayer. If you read it in Greek, it's actually one sentence. There's no breakup of it. It's, it's like an early liturgy in the church, a prayer for the church to be the body of Christ. It has this a very alluring phrase. It's found only here in the Bible. And the prayer is that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. Now, eyes are all through the Bible. I looked it up this past week, and you know, like four to five hundred times in the Bible, the, uh, that word eyes is, is used. 
And so you'll find a, a place like in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy where Moses is there on Mount Nebo and it says there that he could see with his eyes the promised land, but he could not cross over the Jordan and enter in. And in Luke's gospel, the 24th chapter, some of you have been on the walk to Emmaus, know this famous passage where the disciples are walking along with Jesus and they don't recognize him until he breaks the bread. And it says, then their eyes were open to see him for who he is. So eyes, very important. And, and if you wanted to go further and use the word see or the word blind, I mean, there's so many images in the Bible that, that engage our, our seeing. And so we would have a passage like in 1 Corinthians 13, you know this love chapter. It says, now we see in a mirror darkly. Yes, but then we shall see him face to face. And, and then there is a, a passage like uh, I was reading in Mark's gospel this past week, which should have been the lectionary passage, the gospel passage for the day. There was a man named Bartimaeus in this little village and Jesus is passing through and he's crying out, Lord, save me, save me. And finally Jesus pays attention to him. He stops and says, bring him to me. And Bartimaeus is blind. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, Lord, I want to see <laughs> This is our prayer this day, too. I want to see. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We might sing. There's that popular Christian song you may have heard. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. May the eyes of my, our hearts be enlightened this day. I, I was asking the worship team as we met on Tuesday, what do you think that means to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened? Do you think about it? Let that roam around in you. What does that mean to have the eyes of your hearts enlightened. One of them said, to see in a loving way. Ah, that's good. One said, to see beneath the surface, to see deeper what's going on. One of them said, to see with artist eyes, to see the, the colors and hues, to see the beauty all around us. All, all good things to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. I would like to pray that prayer. Uh, may, my, may my heart, may, may your hearts be enlightened to see what you would have for us to see, God. Shouldn't this be easy? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be easy if there was something we could do to just make that happen in a quick way? Um, we have some eye problems, though. Um, you notice I wear glasses. I didn't start wearing glasses until I was in my 40s. And, and, and then when my kids were correcting me when I was reading books to them, and they'd say, Daddy, you missed the word. And, and I went to the eye doctor, and he said, you have presbyopia. Oh, that sounds serious. What does that mean? He said, you have elderly eyes. <laughs> and I had to get reading glasses. And, and more recently, I've gone to bifocals. And so... These are no-line bifocals, so now I can't see close and I can't see far except with the help of some glasses. Uh, wouldn't it be great if we just had some glasses to help us see that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened? I, I'm going to get to some real serious stuff in a moment, so I need to be a little playful with you at this moment, okay? You'll go with me? Yeah? So wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could just find some glasses that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. All right, so there's more, there's more, yes. You remember these classic glasses? Remember the x-ray glasses? Oh yeah, I can see the bones in my hand. Oh, 
No, no, I can't really, no. So wouldn't it be great if we could just learn to see very easily like that? What can we do? We can pray. I love that Psalm 119, verse 18, what it says to us. Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things in your law. And you say, law, that sounds awful rigid. Um, but I do the Hebrew translation for you. A better understanding of that word would be instruction or teaching. To immerse ourselves in God's teaching or instruction so that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. I actually practice this. <laughs> to immerse myself in Scripture try to go to the Bible each day and to have parts of that scripture stay with me and become a breath prayer that I breathe all through the day. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's what will be there on my Twitter account about four or five times a week, a breath prayer for the day. We need to immerse ourselves in scripture to see what God has been doing, is doing, and will be doing. We can get into that stream and, and see that God is always on the side of healing, always on the side of hope, always on the side of saving us. I, I looked it up in a commentary to see what it meant for our, the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. And this author said, to gain insight into God's promises, power, and perspective. Wouldn't you like to have your eyes open? I, I'm, here's, here's one eye exercise you can do is to immerse yourself in Scripture in the instruction that God has for us. And here's a second way. I, I looked this up this past week. To pray with your eyes open. I know so many times when we pray, we, we close our eyes, right? We bow our heads. Uh, Hillary was telling me that children actually pray very well with their eyes open. That's actually less distracting for them. When you try to close your eyes, you concentrate on keeping your eyes closed instead of praying. <laughs> so, to pray with your eyes open. And I got to thinking about this. I, I do actually practice this sometimes. Uh, but I did an experiment. Uh, it, when I was reading about this, it said you didn't have to have the right atmosphere to pray with your eyes open. You know, the, the candles burning or the icon there or the, the music playing or whatever. You could just pray with whatever was before you to pray with your eyes open. So this past week, when I sat in my prayer chair there at home, instead of closing my eyes, I opened my eyes. And what did I see? And, and there were our two sons. There were Joel and Matthew. There their big pictures on the wall opposite me and, and then surrounding me was Kathy's art. There was her Navajo weaving pieces and her watercolors. And I go, oh, this is a good way to pray, <laughs> to remember my family, to be grateful for them and to lift them up, what's going on in, in their lives. And then I thought about it. Many mornings after I do that quiet time, I go and walk and I have a prayer walk. And and one of the things I do is I pray for my neighbors. Here's a little hint for you to, to think about those situations going on around you, to pray with your eyes open like that. And I go, um, I, I don't know, but I have suspicion that in this house there are alcohol problems. It's, you know, I can't pin it down, but it just, it, what I've seen and sensed there, uh, something's going on there. And, uh, 
And, and then this other family I know in this house in our neighborhood, I, 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 I perceive their marriage difficulties and, and the breakup of that marriage and praying for them. And, and then I know there is this woman, a house I pass it, who has eye problems. And because and, she's helped me, we've taken my canoe down on the little creek there and we've picked out trash. And she said, you have to get closer. I can't see that can that you can see that I'm trying to pick out of, of the creek there. To, to pray for your, your neighbors, to pray with your eyes open. Here, here's one last way you can pray with your eyes open. When you're driving a Loop 360, can I get an amen? Huh? 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 I, I know this has never happened to you, but within the last week or so, there was a light that was simply flashing red on Loop 360. I'm getting some nods. You know, it's supposed to go like this. Green, yellow, red, green, yellow. No, no, no. This light was just flashing red. You move up one car length. You move up one car length. What? For hours, it seems like. And I know I'm important and my time is important. And I forget sometimes, oh, this, this is a good time to pray. <laughs> and to open my eyes, oh, these other people, maybe, you know, they're important too. <laughs> And uh, to pray for them. I wonder what's going on in their lives. You know, it, it really doesn't bother me when I get passed by a bicycle on Loop 360. This has happened to me more times than I can name. But it really bothered me that day I got passed by a guy on a skateboard, okay? <laughs> that just, that irritated me. That's, that's just not right, okay? That shouldn't happen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Let me pray whatever is in front of me, okay? So take home for you. Here's, here's one last way to pray. To hear God praying for you. That it's not just from our side, but to know that this is a gift that God is doing. That's God's prayer for us, that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened. It happened to me yesterday. It always comes as a gift. It always comes as a surprise. It's not just something we manufacture so yesterday morning, I was listening to NPR Saturday with Scott Simon. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? National Public Radio, 90.5 KUT here. And on the radio came this piece about four minutes long from Jerusalem. And it said, parents want to dismiss Arab janitor. Y'all know what's been going on in Jerusalem? Yeah. Jerusalem, city of peace is what Jerusalem means. It's anything but right now. As uh, people are fighting over the Temple Mount, it's, it's where the old Hebrew temple was, and now it's the Dome of the Rock for our friends in the Islamic faith. And they've been fighting over who could pray there at what time. And so there have been people knifed and shot and recriminations back and retaliations. And it's just awful. So this past week, what happened was that two Palestinian persons, one with a gun and one with a knife, got on a bus, killed two people and injured 15 others. That happened 200 feet from a Jewish religious school elementary school. With our modern technology today, some people instantly got on their apps and started talking to one another. Are our kids okay? Yes, all of our kids okay, they found out. Within 10 minutes after the community, the parents found out that their kids were okay, somebody wrote, we have to get rid of our Arab janitor.
Some others pushed back and said, that's discrimination. And we Jews know what it's like to be discriminated against simply because of who we are. We can't do that. And so it went back and forth. Some parents saying, our children's safety is the most important thing. And yes, I have a good relationship with her, our janitor, but, but maybe it'll be a friend or somebody else, it will, a relative who will influence her to do some heinous act in our school. We have to protect our school. And then these others would push back and against that. The next day, the principal of the school did a courageous thing. She took the janitor to every classroom, and this was her message. She said, in this religious school, we try to teach to see everyone in the image of God so that we can act out of that same view that we are made in the image of God. The PTA met that night. They voted 10 to 4 in favor of keeping the Arab-Palestinian janitor. The janitor came to school the next day and she was shaking and the principal took her aside. What happened? They made me lie down and they did a body search. They went through all of my possessions and, and everything. And the janitor said, this is the one place in the world that I feel safe. Can you hear God praying for us <laughs> that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened? The good news is this. God is praying that for us. Amen.